Support for Podcast by Night comes from Midnight Syndicate. To find out more about their gothic horror instrumental music, please visit MidnightSyndicate.com. Welcome, everybody, to Podcast by Night. My name is John. I'm Jen. And tonight we're going to be discussing our third installment of what we lovingly call Storyteller Corner or the ST Corner. In these segments, Jen and I like to discuss the insights and the inner workings of what goes into the, the mind of a storyteller when they're ta- thinking about their game with any tips and tricks that you players might want to know just so you are prepared when you know faced with these topics. In other words, this is the corner of how the storytellers are trying to pwn you. No, really. No, no. They're really not. They're really not. <laughs> it's all about the game. It's all about the game. Now, if that game just happens to be very Machiavellian and, uh, you know, it, it, it has happened that some storytellers think they're very clever and they try to, you know, get one over on the player. But no, no, it's it. Most storytellers are definitely there for the story and for your entertainment. Yes, yes, they are. And that kind of brings us to our topic of the evening, uh, which is the nature of player versus player gaming and bleed, which is a big part of the entire genre of World of Darkness, but specifically Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, the the idea of player versus player, and as it's come up uh, recently, I'd say in the last three, going on three years now that we've been back into this world of darkness with the and LARPing, and the idea of bleed is something that is kind of a buzzword. It's a topic that gets a word that gets thrown around a lot, and so we want to kind of explore this with you because to help you understand that player versus player is part of the game and you know i want to put it out front we're probably going to cover this as we go on but you know if you ever feel like you're being targeted personally talk to your storyteller we always say it talk to your storyteller communicate because it's got to be fun it's got to be fun for you fun for them so play it safe and uh communicate yes uh we can't stress that enough if you ever at any point feel you are um, uncomfortable or being targeted, go speak to a storyteller. Um, Because at the end of the day, this is not about uh, hurting anyone's feelings or or hurting you or coming after anyone personally. But part of the game is this is a bunch of bloodthirsty, vengeful, backstabbing Machiavellian vampires who... Absolutely. They will do their utmost to try and screw each other over. And for some people, that that could feel a bit personal. So please, if even if you are like, uh, maybe I'm, I'm just taking it too personally, come talk to your storyteller. It's better to at least go and talk to them and have it out and, um, and have that conversation than to keep it all inside or to feel like, you know, you're no longer safe in that community. And we don't ever want that. No, absolutely not. So with that, what uh, what do we mean by player versus player, Jen? So player versus player is a little bit like 
the same idea in the video game world. So you know how in video games, uh, there are the traditional RPGs that pit players against players. So I can think of some classic ones like World of, World of Warcraft. That's the one I'm trying to get out there. World of Warcraft is probably one of the most famous ones. Um, it's a bit dated, but one of the more famous ones. But you, you think of pretty much any of the online um, multiplayer video games out on the market today, a lot of them are player versus player RPGs in which you are playing against another player and one of you is going to come out on top. This is actually not the traditional environment for most uh, role-playing games. The the fantasy, the traditional standard fantasy role-playing game, the Dungeons and Dragons that you know that we all grew up originally playing was actually more uh, PVE player versus environment, and that's actually the standard most everyone who's who's grown up playing tabletop RPGs has played. You know, you've played the PVE. You are, you're part of a, a troop and you're going crawling through the dungeons and you kill the monster and you steal the loots. And then you go on to the next part of the adventure and so on and so forth. And you can see that pretty much anywhere if you watch Stranger Things or if you're into Critical Role or the Adventure Zone, which is one of my favorites. Those are all D&D those have D&D elements and you can see the idea of it's the player versus an environment. There's, um, and, and in most of those games, the players are usually working together to fight the big baddie, whatever that big baddie is, whatever, you know, your big boss battle. But right. in, in the world of darkness and vampire, the masquerade, while sometimes you may have a little bit of PvE, especially if you're doing a big battle or a big raid or you're going to go fight the bad guys, most of the time, most of your conflict is going to be player versus player. In other words, it's going to be you and a small group of your friends working against those people across the room and their group of friends. As Jen was saying, that the player versus environment, um, even in World of Darkness, you have what we call NPCs or non-player character, which the storyteller or the dungeon master in the D&D example use to sort of create conflict or be the stand-ins for things that the characters have to overcome. But like also, like Jen said, and we established earlier in earlier podcasts, that every character has their own agenda. So if you're playing a World of Darkness game, you're the blood-sucking fiend, and you you have a goal, and you have to accomplish these goals. That's one thing that I find very fascinating about the Vampire the Masquerade and most of the World of Darkness games to begin with, is they're very player-driven. It's like the storyteller is there to create the environment, set the atmosphere. Here, you're an assassin. You've got to kill that guy over there. Go to it. And you got to, and then it's up to you to figure it out. So in that setting, there is a lot more player versus player uh, conflict that can arise. So often the antagonists that you're going to run across are are going to be, you know, your friends <laughs> across the way who are who in real life you two are buddies, but in the game setting you're bitter enemies. And this is creates a very different dy dynamic because 
One of the big aspects of Vampire the Masquerade is the fact that even though you and your five closest friends can be playing this game, not everyone is going to be working together. And even if they are working together, it's not going to always be happy times, hunky-dory. So often characters will work at cross-purposes with one another. Um, Sometimes they'll be... They'll seem like they're working together, but behind the scenes, they may be like working against each other. It's it, there is a lot of different levels of dynamic between characters in this game, and so this is part of what we mean when we say player versus player, and that your antagonist can be any other player in the game. It does not have to be an NPC in the game. And that's not to say there aren't NPCs. Storytellers often employ NPCs, usually as exposition devices or to be the big baddie of the week that they have to figure out, they, you know, they have to band together and fight. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the only baddie. I mean, you could have someone in another clan who is also a player character who is working openly against you, while there might be someone in your own clan who's yet another player character who's working on the sly against you. So that's part of what we mean with player versus player, in, in that... Unlike the traditional player versus environment where you're fighting a bunch of of NPCs you have no connection to, when you're playing against antagonists that are other player characters, it makes it all so much more intense. It, It adds to the drama and the story because they're another player character who's got their own agendas and goals and plans and issues and you are having to work through those with your character and how how do you manage that how do you navigate that the the conflict can be physical like you can hate another player or another character not enough, player not the player Char- a character, character enough to want to go after after them physically and do them harm I, I in a current or not current game in the game we just ended my personal character had a deep-seated hatred for another character but the player and i were totally cool i mean we even talked about it in between games to be like okay so i'm really going to come after you this time and i'm like all right well i'm ready for it and it made for some fantastic drama but that's because we separated the character and the player And then there are other times where the conflict isn't going to be physical. It's going to just be cross-purposes. I've got to get the prince's favor. You want the prince's favor. May the best of kindred win. Sometimes you may know if there is a person in game who is your rival because it's an open rivalry. You're you're talking you're you're talking smack to each other across Elysium. Sometimes you may not, especially if it's a one-sided rivalry if they hate you but you don't even know they exist well that's kind of one-sided you know um often there's characters who may have a hate on your character that you're not even aware of and they may be working behind the scenes to try and undermine you in some like deep byzantine plot um and you may not even be aware that it's even happening till the trap closes on your character that's all a part of the nature of the game. And that adds, that's part of the fun because the whole nature of Vampire the Masquerade is you you can't ever be safe. You can never be sure 
that you will survive a night. Your closest friend could actually be your enemy. Perhaps an enemy is secretly the one person you need to to rely on to survive. Perhaps uh, the story you've been told all this time about yourself or about the world, you believed it was all God's truth and then you just discovered it was all a lie. It was all a fabrication. So what do you do then? This It's this idea that this is not a world that is safe and these are not people you can trust intimately and unequivocally. So consequently, you need to always be on your guard and, or make it that you have relationships that even if you can't trust each other, you can at least trust you won't stab each other in the back. This is another thing I really like about having like a before mingle time and then afters where we all go and hang out at some 24-hour diner and, you know, give each other shit about what our characters did just a few hours earlier because it's it's almost like a necessary social blowing off of steam yeah. where, where you just kind of like, you regale it as if it were a story, an adventure that you've been on together and, oh, you got me good there and, oh boy, did I get that dagger right in your back there. And it and it's really a, a wonderful sort of catharsis because you get to explore those those really mechanistic you know wheels within wheels sort of dealings during the game and then afterwards sort of just lay it out on the table. Yeah, and it, it kind of reestablishes normal in a way because you've been it's such high emotion and high tension all during game session that when you step away go to an afters, for example, or even if you're just doing a tabletop game and you guys just shoot the shit for an hour or two afterwards having drinks, whatever it is, it reestablishes the normal of the relationships. And you remember, oh yeah, John, you aren't my worst enemy. Aww. And I think that's kind of normal too. And it's a good way of normalizing is, is to engage in that kind of just decompression after a game because player versus player is pretty intense. It's it's pretty high stakes and people have invested a lot in their characters. And when you realize another character is coming at you, that could be that can cause quite the emotional reaction. So it, you want to make sure that you're always that everyone's always cool and above board because as I said, this is just a game. You need, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, if you ever feel uncomfortable, go talk to a storyteller. You know, nine times out of ten, it's usually highly doubtful that anyone is deliberately trying to come after you because they just don't like you and they want to, like, hurt you you or shame you or embarrass you. That's usually never the case. Some people just may not know how far they're pushing it and where your boundaries lie. So that's always good to communicate, but the nature of player versus player is it's two players going against each other and that that antagonistic situation is usually between two player characters now that being said not every pvp moment is necessarily against an enemy so you know it, it's not necessarily enemy versus enemy sometimes it's just differing goals you know Perhaps you're in a coterie of young kindred and you're working to further your sire's interests and they don't align with that of the rest of your coterie. 
So now you're kind of stuck in a situation of, do I listen to my sire and do what my sire tells me to do? Or do I go along with my coterie and what my coterie wants to do? That creates a PvP situation. You are enemies with any of these people, but it's a conflict. It's one of those things that I absolutely love, again, about this. The reason I, that I love the, the, the World of Darkness and the LARPing aspect is that it creates this living, breathing feeling because that's a rather mundane problem. Oh, do I do what daddy told me or what my friends want to do? I mean, if you look at it like that, it really puts it in perspective. Yeah, and I mean, that's a form of PvP. You know, you've got a balance between expectations there. You know, other times you may have to deal with the machinations and mistakes of other people. So you may not be the one who's breaking the prince's law, but you know someone else is. And now you are the one who has to clean that mess up because they're the screw up and you're the responsible one. The story of my life. Oh, Jen. <laughs> my siblings would disagree, but I would argue. It's the truth. So, you know, maybe you're a group of young neonates who are busy hunting down a pack with a bot who were, you know, busting up buildings and blowing up cars and just off having fun in the very sabati way. And now you're the one stuck having to go hunt these guys down and clean their mess up, cover up all the masquerade breaches. That's a form of, of PvP because you are of a different sect from those guys. You have vastly different interests than those guys. And now you're left cleaning up their mess. And now, and that actually goes into the idea, like I said, some of these problems can seem pretty mundane. And with that, you're like you said, like, you, you know, you're, you have siblings, Jen. So if, if, an, if another character has also has siblings... And they're in that situation. It's going to, uh, like, like the what the method actors call it, sense memory. It's going to trigger uh, a, a, a behavior that they're going to exhibit, and that's going to cause some irritation. And therefore, you can actually get into. I mean, I don't want to say like the flow of the character, but it causes something to come up in you that creates it, drama, creates an issue. And again, like you said, that can be considered player versus player because now you're irritated with your coterie mate on a in a real way because they screwed up and you're like oh gotta gotta clean up after you again yep you done screwed up now i'm fixing your mess you know why can't you just abide by the rules or perhaps you're the rule breaker why do you have to always follow the rules why can't you just learn to live a little i mean every character is going to have a different background and philosophy and that's going to be the place they're speaking out of so sometimes that's going to put you in conflict with another character and that that's player versus player there so it's nothing personal to you like if i'm playing for example, in our last chronicle, I'm playing the prince, and you, John, are playing the primogenic clan Tremere, and I'm your boss, but you but you have to make a big face in court about how you're an independent person. There's some conflict going on there, because there's multiple layers of stuff going on there, and we're bucking heads. That's player versus player. Now, in real life... I've known John for years and love him to pieces. 
I may scream at him in that situation in game, but the minute game is over, I give him a big hug and, you know, we go and have drinks afterwards. It it should be stated very clearly that conflicts between characters in game are not necessarily conflicts between players in real life. That is not what player versus player means. Player versus player only means my character and your character are bucking heads. Not me, Jen, and you, John, are bucking heads. That was a great way of putting that, Jen. The idea of, because we understand that, especially for new players, this idea of interpersonal character conflict can be difficult to, to grasp in a, what, what am I trying to say, figurative way, essentially, metaphorical way, because it's not really real. Your, your character's having this conflict. And we just want to sort of put this out there that that you're that, that you're in a safe space. No one's going to think any less of you. You know, go ahead and talk about it. If if you have to take a moment, definitely you know hit pause. Um, actually, Jen, in talking about this, when we start when we sat down to do this outline, I I remember telling you that I kind of had this problem with this idea of figuring out what bleed was. Mm-hmm. And but now actually sitting down and talking about it. I'm like, man, I can actually get this. Because mm-hmm. if you do take it personally, then it removes itself from the game and it becomes part of your real life. Exactly. So, I mean, one of the things we want to stress is that... So one of the great things about player versus player is that when it works, it's amazing. It's so much fun. It's fun to be in. It's fun to engage in. It's fun to watch. I mean, some of my my favorite stories are watching some of my friends like get in each other's faces and just be like toe to toe, nose to nose. This is going down. Or even have like a real in-depth, in-character argument about something that happened 200 years ago. But when it doesn't work, and sometimes it doesn't, then it can have catastrophic effects. So oftentimes you'll have others who are your enemies who, for one reason or the other, they don't understand that the argument you're having right now is not personal. Maybe they were it's just an off night for them, or maybe they just are as a player are feeling frustrated because no matter what they do, they can't seem to get around you and your character or, you know, maybe something personal is going on for them in their life. And they just, maybe they aren't even catching on that right at that moment that, that something's not right, you know? And so that in, in those situations, like you said, John, it's always best to pause because when you're having those moments of taking it personally, when there's a player versus player engagement, whether you're you're having an argument in, in character or whether you're being yelled at by the prince in character or you're um, or you're having a, a battle in character and you realize that you're taking this very personally, not only is it not fun for you, it's not fun for anyone else either. It, I mean, it's as much fun as it is getting in someone's face and staring them down and threatening, threatening to rip their throat out because of their insolence. For some people, they're walking in and that's not what they were expecting. And so this is a little difficult for them. Sometimes it's a little hard to go, wait, what? Is, are, are you really mad at me? 
or did I do something wrong? And you're like, no, 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 that's not you. You know, sometimes that can be really hard to wrap your head around, you know, knowing that your, your spouse who you love and love dearly and have children with and, you know, go to bed every night side by side is right now threatening mortal harm to you. Sometimes for some people, they'd be like, wait, what, what's going on? You know, it, this is sometimes can be a little too intense. So, you know, it sometimes for some people, it that can be that can throw them out of the game. That can make them rather upset. They have real there. It isn't their character having feelings at that point. It's them having feelings. It's the player having feelings at that point, and they're not good feelings. Sometimes for some people, let's just say the character they're playing their character, they're going along, and they get screwed by another character out of nowhere they weren't expecting it you know it's all like surprise one two three you're staked and sometimes if you're not expecting it if if you were politically screwed or you got killed or you were attacked or something happens in game you can feel some real feelings about that because that's your character you've invested time into that character and passion into that character and someone else just came and took your toy away took that thing that you were so passionate away and that causes a lot of feelings you for you the player not just for as you the character so anytime we have you whenever you are a player who's feeling these feelings it's not your character feeling the feelings it's you feeling the feelings whether it's because things just got too intense in game or you, you, someone came and screwed your character over, and you're feeling those feelings, that's usually what we call bleed. And this is, like you said, John, this is a relatively new buzzword amongst LARPers, because back in the old days, you know, <clears throat> back in the you know, dinosaur age. <laughs> what? 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 What, young whippersnapper? Um, when we were first starting to play, this idea of bleed was not an existent. Like, Nobody ever talked about bleed. Of course, you just sucked it up, put some dirt on it, and moved on. That's right. <laughs> these kids today. These kids today. But but to say that too, also back in the day, I do remember being when, when this came out. We were all young. I mean, this was the new brash thing to play, and and we also spent a hell of a lot of time together. So issues like this were sort of naturally ironed out. Whereas nowadays. They become events. They're something you go to every so often. You may only see these people at that game. You don't have that personal connection. So, yeah, I can I can understand where it could arise. Yeah. So, I mean, to kind of put some perspective on what bleed is, and both for people who've not ever heard the term or for those who use the term quite frequently, bleed really has a lot to do with the fact that this is role-playing. So... What we're engaging in as role players, whether you're doing this tabletop or LARP, you're kind of doing the same thing as people who are actors are doing. Just like on the stage and screen, they inhabit a role. And there's often a fine line between them as the person and who they are and the character they're trying to inhabit. And so, and on occasions, and you, you'll you see this often in theater or in movies, or on TV, there will always be the, the actor or actress where they're like, hmm, 
things got a little like got a little too real there, Jared Leto. Uh, 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 Gary Oldman. <laughs> Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah. You know, so every so often you'll see someone who just that fine line between them as a person and the character they're inhabiting gets a little blurred. Gets a little blurry. And this is where the term bleed comes in. So bleed is the term we use when a person's experiences, feelings, emo- and emotions, they all spill over into their character or vice versa. Their character's feelings and emotions spill over into them so that they're feeling them. So some players, they kind of like to build a strong boundary between themselves and the character they inhabit. And ne'er the two shall meet. There is a wall of iron between me and my character. Other players really like to feel those strong emotions of their character. And they love embodying someone else for a few hours. And they like to keep those boundaries a little bit more soft between themselves and the character they're playing. So that they, they get almost like an emotional high out of it. And feelings, what someone else might be feeling. But I, both ways are perfectly legitimate. There's no right or wrong way to inhabit a character, either in acting or in role-playing. But, you know, there's just kind of two... It, it, it's not always two strong camps, but there tends to be two different philosophies on how to take on a character. Definitely. With all that being said, it bleed does happen at some point or another to everyone. It, I guess, like we said, we've talked about it before, that it depends on where you come from, your history, your experiences with role playing in the past. And it's always a good, I would say it's also a good piece of advice to keep in mind with uh, like non-attachment to those feelings. Go ahead and feel them. You know, when your anger arises in your character, you're like, oh, that Ventry made me so mad. Uh, you know, go ahead and act that out. Be be in that part, but remember to just let it go once once they call game. Because I don't know, it's like try to. <laughs> it's almost like riding the wave of rage or frenzy. You you know, go with it and then try to let it go. Work on letting it go. Be like Elsa. Let it be, go. <laughs> oh God! You knew uh, that was coming. <laughs> oh, of course. Hey, you know what? That's why I love you, Jen. <laughs> so at the heart of all RPG. And acting, for that matter, it, there's this. There is a social contract, whether yes. you realize it or not. There is a social contract. Absolutely. You, as the player, are in agreement with everyone else involved in the game. All the other players, the storytelling staff, you all are in agreement with each other on what are the boundaries and parameters of this game, and you all agree that you're going to be pretending to be someone else who is a character in a make-believe world that has its own rules and its own expectations and its own boundaries and that the person you're playing is not necessarily the same person that you are and that they may not act in the same way that you do and that all parties have agreed to understand this. So that's the social contract that goes into role-playing. I mean... When you think about it, we're all, whether it's role-playing or acting for that matter, we're all grown adults who are make-believing, just like we were when we were like six, seven, eight years old. And you were in the backyard playing make-believe with your friends. I I was very fond of playing Star Wars as a kid. I don't know about you, John. Oh, absolutely. It was me and my brothers, and I was always Princess Leia. 
absolutely because there was just princess leia (laughs) george lucas more women in star wars but i was always princess leia and my brother jay was always luke and ty always wanted to be chewy because he thought Chewie was a dog but that's besides the point (laughs) i love it but the social contract was as we are playing i'm princess leia and you're luke and you're chewy and this is how we understand these interactions it, the same applies to role-playing games. It's, it's understanding, I am acting as a different character right now. I am not Jen, who is a mostly mild-mannered executive assistant and PhD student and giant nerd right now. I am playing a, a Tremere nun, <laughs> you know, who is not mild-mannered. So that that's the agreement that we all agree that in this space and in this time, In this world we've created, that's who I am. The minute we're no longer in that space, I'm back to just being Jen. And that's one thing that, and they've always had it. Uh, White Wolf, in every book that they've created for LARP, they have always had their version, like their Ten Commandments of LARP. And, And with that, and the social construct, their social contract rather, it definitely creates that safe space that everyone feels that they can partake in with that player. Like you said, it's a, it's an understood between the person you're facing off against or just having a chat with that we're all participating in the story together. And aren't we, aren't we lucky that we have this safe space to explore a character that, as you said, are that we are not. Exactly. In this safe space, you know, we can act as horribly as we want to it to each other. I mean, Vampire the Masquerade, essentially is about a bunch of monsters when you break it down and they often don't act nice to each other so we have this space where we can explore these darker themes of what if i am a bloodthirsty greedy backstabbing so-and-so what does that look like what is the character i'm trying to create and so in that safe space, we can we can explore it, we can act it out. But the minute we go into politics, yeah, go... <laughs> we're talking about fake politics, not what we were watching on CNN tonight. Oh, that's right, Camarilla, the Camarilla. I know, I know. I, I, it, it is very blurry. There's a lot of bleed between my role playing <laughs> world and Washington right now, and I'm over there going, "Oh man." This is not going to end well, but (laughs) but in the safe space we have created, we can explore all these themes, and when it's all said and done, we can go back to just being our normal selves, and we can, you know, chat with each other and be friends again, and remember that we aren't the these evil creatures. We aren't these dark creatures. That's the character. Not the player. You are the player. Yes. And it's just a game. You are the player. You are not the character. And it is just a game. It is all make-believe. At the end of the night, I get to go back to being Jen. You get to go back to being John. And I get to drink my dirty vodka martini and tell you about how much I was going to pwn your character. That's how this works. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get to have my gin and tonic to sip and uh, tell you about the sharpened steak that I have waiting for you. <laughs> so I, I feel like this this last part about 
this being a safe space is the most important aspect of player versus player gameplay because you have to know that the actions taken by someone else are all in character they're not the player i can't stress this enough if i have to tattoo it on my face i will do it i'll start wearing a shirt to game that says it's the character not the player because absolutely I I can't stress this enough. I've seen more conflicts in LARP started because somebody got their feelings hurt because they said, so-and-so is deliberately attacking me. I will say, I won't say that there aren't occasions where that doesn't happen. There are occasions where it does happen. More often than not, that person was not meaning to target you. They were playing their character and playing their character's goals and, and and you know end game out and you are the person who took it personally and that's very difficult for me as a storyteller to negotiate because i don't want to ever have to tell you no you're just being dramatic i mean your feelings are valid your feelings are valid but sometimes in those feeling those feelings it's sort of like but they're playing a character not it is not really John trying to target you. It is John playing a character, and I it, I just I keep stressing it and stressing it and stressing it, um because it, it is sometimes just a really hard concept to to just sink your teeth into, and we don't want people to feel like they're being attacked. And this is very important. This is the other reason we're doing this podcast for for the new players coming up. In this in this time in this day and age, as and I'm and I'm going to go ahead and put a timestamp on this. As of 2018, it is very important for people to understand that this social contract exists, and if you are in this game and you f- you have these feelings, uh, it, we got it down on our list here. If if you feel like you are targeted, hurt, or bothered by something, feel empowered. You have the power to hit pause. Yep. And everybody, everybody will respect that, and mm-hmm. and so don't don't feel bullied. If you do start feeling uncomfortable, you can hit pause, take a break, take a break, remove yourself from the situation, take a deep breath. You can. It's perfectly legitimate to come talk to a storyteller. Let us know how you're feeling, and we'll be happy to talk to you to talk to the other player. If you feel you want to address it with the other player personally. Sure. Always be respectful, though, because um, they may not even be aware that that's what you're feeling. You know, they they may have just been in their game space and don't even know that you were having this moment of internal existential crisis. It just never hit, hit them. I know. I've seen it happen. I know you've seen it happen. Uh-huh. I've seen it happen a lot. So, you know, just always keep in mind that this is a game you're playing a character so are they but if you feel threatened heck even if we're out of character and everyone's out of character and someone threatens you you come talk to us absolutely we'll make sure that they're whoever they are tossed out on their ear yeah because this is not about this is not about threatening or making someone feel uncomfortable except in character in character you can do it all you want that's right it's not a power play when they call game that's it The minute that game is stopped, we're all out of character. The social contract has been met. 
no one has the right to make you feel intimidated or to to scare you or to be physical with you. No one has that right. So always be on your guard. And we as storytellers keep pushing this a lot. I, it's just we don't we want our players to be safe and we want our players to feel safe because we can't have a social contract that allows us to role play if people don't feel safe because the minute they don't feel safe this is the minute they don't want a game exactly and it's all about making sure everybody's having a good time and experience getting what they want out of that game and it, and it goes back to what i said before I, I that's why i love the game it is it is your story it is player driven you you get what you put into it and what you want to get out of it and no more no less unless you unless you want it so it's very important whether you're pl- walking into it, whenever you're walking into a new game, whether it's a small little tabletop of like five or six people, or it's a large LARP of like 30 to 40 people, that you understand this aspect is just a game. And at the end of the night, everyone stops being their imaginary characters. They go back to being normal. They d- most people don't have it out for you. In fact... Most people just want to give you a hug. I'm a big hugger. I like hugging people. Hugs are nice, but I'll I'll stick to a hearty handshake. Yeah. I know it was probably a little disorienting for many a new player when this big sca- the, when the scary nun lady in the corner who had just been tearing into them the minute game was called off was like, "Hi, let me give you hugs." They were like, "Oh my god, what's happening right now?" <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they didn't know how to deal with that. <laughs> They're like, please put that stick over there. I know. <laughs> um, You've been threatening me with that all night. I don't want to see it. I want to see it. And why are you giving me hugs now? Um, it's because in real life, everybody, I'm a giant marshmallow. I am just, a, I'm disgustingly warm and fuzzy. It's just awful. No, it's it's awfully wonderful. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like to think I'm a wonderful person. So all this is are, to say Jane, is that are. even though other, I love it. Oh. all this is to say that even though other people do horrible things in the end they aren't out to get you and more than one game has crashed and burned because people have had hurt feelings and misunderstandings and I mean you and I have both experienced it multiple times over seeing games just come come screeching to a halt cuz somebody had some hurt feelings um, somebody felt attacked. You know, at, like we said, if, if you feel things have gotten carried away, if whether you, whether it's you feeling like you're being attacked or you're worried that someone else may have felt, you know, attacked by you, first things, if you're hurt or bothered, you take a break, you come to talk to your storyteller. Even take a break, pause the scene. If you're in the middle of a scene, pause the scene with the other players say guys out of character please can we just pause this i'm i'm not in a good place right now and most of the time they'll all be like oh my god are you okay so it's okay to pause the scene just take a step away just take a moment take a step back that's the first thing you do the second thing you do is just calm down calm down a little bit take a deep breath step away from the situation you can step into a corner just take a deep breath and then come have a chat with a storyteller you can usually find your storytellers in the game i know in pillar uh, well 
Whispers of the Blind, which is our new Pillar of Assault Chronicle, we will be wandering around, so you can just kind of find one of us. And just go talk to your storyteller and say, I need a chat. Do you have a moment? Explain the situation. Storytellers act as the intermediaries in any game. So that's the first pe- those are the first people you go and talk to. If you feel that it's not so serious, you can go talk to the player one-on-one. But often having a storyteller there kind of just is that third party kind of to work as the intermediary and smooth things over. Third, always remember that this is just a game and you shouldn't walk away angry. So if you're feeling angry, that's not good. You shouldn't be angry. So come talk to us. Um, and we'll see what we can do to help uh, you know, mediate the situation. And fourth, if you see something, say something. I, they say this on every like LAMTA train like 500 times while you're on there. It's if you see something, say something. And it's true. If you see something, say something. For all of the dark themes of Vampire the Masquerade, there's a lot of things we do not encourage. Uh, we don't encourage anything illegal. And, and we do not encourage anything harmful to others in real life. In the game setting, you will never see anyone actually punching each other. Um, there, in our game, for example, we're like we play at a venue that does not allow people under twenty-one. So, I'm sorry, eighteen-year-olds, you can't come play in our game. But you, we always maintain our game as being legal and above board. So, if you see something illegal, you come and talk to us. If you see something that is, um really beyond boundaries if you see someone being harassed or bullied or someone making sexual advances on someone come tell a storyteller so that we can get ourselves involved because we do not want anyone hurt i i mean i can't stress that enough i i think for me as a woman i feel it more keenly because i always have to be aware of those situations so if you see something going on you come and say something um, so that we can make safe spaces for everybody. Uh, and definitely, you know, every, every game is going to have its own rules about acceptability. I know we have our own rules about acceptability, so it's always okay to ask. But I think some of the, the big common ones of, you know, no bullying, no, no harassing, no physical altercations, no sexual uh, uh, advances of any kind that that's i think some of the big ones right we also we also encourage ask like if you if you are a toreador and and this even goes for you ladies if you're a toreador and you are touchy-feely and your character's touchy-feely always ask and make sure that the other player is comfortable you know engage engage the player yeah always engage with the player because some people have different levels of of touching you know I'm a person who doesn't mind if you put a casual hand on me. Other people, for them, in real life, it's a big deal. So we don't want them to have bleed issues. So always ask, because they may not like it. And if they say, I know I often forget to ask, I own it because I am touchy-feely. Um, if they say to say to you, please don't touch me, respect that. So, So that's it. That's kind of... How, you know, we understand that by the nature of this game, it's a struggle to survive night to night. 
And, and it's easy to kind of get caught up in that. And we just wanted to make sure that the, the new players understand where, where everything is coming from. And then the older, more seasoned players are reminded. You know, I, I'm going to just throw this out there as a person who's played this game for so, uh, for so long, you and I, John. Um, <laughs> so long. So long. I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be nights where it's going to suck. Your character is going to get steamrolled. You won't always win. In fact, the very nature of the game is that you're supposed to lose. Um but there's still a lot of fun in losing. There's a lot of fun in losing. I mean, as much fun as there is in executing a perfect plan and getting away with it, there's a lot of fun to be had in trying to execute the perfect plan, having it fail, and then you going, oh shit, now what do we do? Ah! I was going to say, there's so much fun in that. Oh yeah. You, you know, w- one of the fantastic scenarios is like the melodramatic plot twist. You you have your coterie. You go take out the sabat, and you're like, "Yes, we did it. We're we're winners! Yay! The cam's gonna be so happy with us." And you get home, and your haven's on fire. <laughs> or I always love the dramatic deaths because you always remember the dramatic deaths, and you know it's your character might have lost, but at least they went out in style, you know. Um, that's all just a part of the game. And at its heart, this is a game of survival. It's trying to see if your character survives and and to live another night. And so not winning is a big part of it. And people are commonly out there trying to thwart you or outsmart you or subvert you in some way. And that doesn't mean that they're out to destroy you in real life. Right. So with that, I hope that you all, our dear listeners, have taken some of our advice to heart. And uh, we hope that it helps you have a a safe yet enjoyable game, a a fun game, because that's what we're all here for. And yeah, you know what? And give us your two cents. Hit us up. We've got our email. We've got our Facebook uh, page. Let us know what uh, some situations you might have come up with. Yeah, share share some of the situations you've you've run across, or like, or the uh, or the crazy stories you may have. We, oh, we would we, love to hear stories. We love hearing more stories. So you can reach us, by the way, at Podcast by Night on Facebook, at By Night Podcast on Twitter, and Podcast by Night at Gmail dot com. Ah, yes, I forgot about the Twitters. Yes, we're always on the Twitters. We are always on the Twitters. I I see uh, the Podcast by Night Twitter all the time because it likes to like a lot of my tweets. (laughs) Well, of course it does. Along with uh, all our other, you know, wonderful World of Darkness family of podcasts out there. Exactly. And um, we look forward to hearing back from you guys. Also, if you feel so inclined, we have a Patreon page. Yes, indeed, and the link is of that is on our website at the uh, our Podbean website, and and on the show notes. I try to make sure that we include you know books we talk about and any links that you might be interested in our show notes. Yeah, so go check it out if you would like to become a Patreon member of Podcast by Night. We would appreciate it, and uh, we need to think of, of uh, something cool we can 
give to people who uh, who actually become Patreon members. You know, Jen, I was you're you're reading my mind. I was actually going to say that it's like, you know, we should powwow on some really nifty stuff. I know we have some players, very talented players, in our own troop that uh, probably would love to give some of their tips. I know one particular person who is filled with uh, tips and on uh, characters. You know, I'm talking to you, Ari. <laughs> yes, Ari is a great resource, but uh, we have lots of really talented people in our troop, so we could we should totally hit them up to get for things to give away to to our listeners. That's right. Oh, that's, I love the idea of extras because that's what they're there for, right? Exactly to be plumbed. <laughs> All right, that's the nature of the world of darkness. That's right. Use and use alike. And incidentally, for any of you who happen to live in the Los Angeles area and are interested, um, you can always hit up the the troop game that John and I, along with Aria uh, and Logan, are all storytellers for, Whispers of the Blind. We are on Facebook, I believe, as Whispers of the Blind. It is Whispers uh, of the Blind. It is a continuing Pillars of Salt Chronicle. And uh, we are currently running a chronicle in Los Angeles. It's a continuation of our previous chronicle. And uh, we're bringing in the V5 plot, people. We don't know where this is going yet, but it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. So if you are interested, feel free to hit us up on uh, any of the three means of communication we shared. We'd be happy to chat with, with any of you. Absolutely. All right. And with that, my name is John. I'm Jen. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Bye.